Tax is not the sexiest subject, but it is definitely a very expensive subject if you don't know what you're doing. Most financially successful people structure their setup so that they're able to reduce their taxes because they know it is that important. Today's video, key ways in which I'm able to reduce my taxes so you can do too. Hey guys, James Corsia here and welcome to the Money Paradox podcast where we're all about helping you become financially free so that you can focus on what you really want from life. Today's video is all about reducing our taxes and how we're able to do that so that we have more money to spend and do what we want with effectively. Now this is not about tax evasion, that is illegal. If you are due to pay tax, and you're supposed to pay tax on something, and you don't, that is very bad. You can go to prison for that. You don't want to do that. Okay, this is about reducing the amount of tax that you could pay on your situation. Okay, so if you earn, if you do something in one way, you could pay, say, two pounds in tax. If you do it another way, you could pay one pound in tax. And that one pound reduction can be best spent doing something else, something that you want to actually do with that money. So I'm going to be going through the main ways in which I'm able to reduce my taxes, my own personal setup. Now this is obviously based in the UK, so it's going to rely on UK tax law. But guys, most Western countries follow very similar approaches. So a lot of things that I do will probably work in other countries just in a slightly different way. Okay, Many of the things I do are very common ways in which successful people reduce their taxes. Okay, some things are going to be slightly different. It depends on your personal setup, right? So some of these things you're going to be able to do. Others you may not be able to do, but at least will get you thinking on how you can uh, reduce your taxes more generally. Okay, so the first thing is about your personal tax. So personal tax is effectively money that you earn, you have to pay tax on to the government, quite rightly. Now, in the UK, the first amount of money is tax-free. After that, you pay basic rate tax of 20%, okay, up to £50,000. Beyond that, it jumps quite considerably to 40% on any tax above that. Then it goes to 45%, okay? So that's really key. That £50,000 mark, okay, is really important because at that point, any money above it suddenly jumps it doubles the amount of tax you pay, okay? So that last pound, if I was earning 50,001 pounds, that last pound would pay 20, uh, sorry, 40p on it, and the pound before would only pay 20p on it, okay? So the first thing I do is I make sure I never earn more than 50,000 pounds in any one year through personal tax, okay? Now, even though I earn much more than that, I make sure I stay at that level. Now, the main way in which I do that is by earning through a company, okay? Because when money is earned through a company, it's the company that makes that money. I only make that money when I take it out of the company and I put it into my name, okay? So if I've already made 50,000 pounds in one tax year, what I'll do is I will not take any more money out of any of the companies that I own so that I make sure I'm paying maximum 20% in my personal name, okay? And that's already taken into account this tax-free allowance that I get each 
Yeah. Okay, so that is the first main thing I do. Now, if you think about it, guys, most people in the UK earn money as an employee directly from their employer. And by doing that, it means you have no control over when you receive that income. So if you earn, say, £60,000, that last £10,000 you're paying 40% tax on. And you can't control it. You can't say, you know what, employer, give me that next year or year after that when you know I'll be in a different situation, I'll pay less, ta pay less tax on it. Okay. So one of the big things I did, guys, is many years ago, I moved from being an employee to earning my money through companies. And by doing that, I was able to have more control over how I could structure my situation to reduce tax. Now, you might be standing there saying, James, it's easy for you to say, you know, I, you know that this is what I have. I work as an employee. I can't really change that. Well, you know, I would encourage you to think differently. Okay, if you are an employee at the moment, think about different ways in which you can start up a business and make money through a company or still provide the same kind of value, the same kind of work, but do it for yourself. That could be providing similar type of work as a product or a service, building a business around that, or it could be providing consulting services as a contractor to to different companies in the type of work you're doing. And by doing that, you are earning through a company rather than as yourself, okay? So two things there, guys. One is going from employee to uh, working through a company. And then secondly, choosing when I take the money out of the company to minimize my personal tax situation, okay? Now, let's talk a bit more about working through a company. Okay, and why it's so good. Well, firstly, we talked about when you receive the income. But secondly, once you earn through a company, that company can incur expenses. And those expenses can be tax deductible. If that company is, is, is providing work, is doing things to provide an income, and that company requires uh, to spend money on doing things to be able to make that money, Quite rightly, you can deduct those costs as an expense against tax, okay? So if you make £100,000 in a company and say £10,000 are spent helping to support get that income, actually the taxable profit is 90000 and you only pay tax on the 90 rather than the 100 okay? So again, if you're an employee, you earn your money, but any expenses that you that you incur, anything you do really, you can't deduct against that income. It's very, very difficult to do it as an employee. But if you are providing work for a company that you earn, some of those expenses are related to the income, then you can deduct it. So, for example, if I buy a new laptop, right, and I'm using this laptop primarily for my business, okay, to be able to generate income, well, I can deduct this laptop against the money I'm making in that company. So effectively, the money that I've able, been able to spend on this laptop is tax-free, okay? So think about it, guys. It's like, it's like basically paying no tax on buying this laptop, okay? There's many things that I spend money on that is absolutely um, to do with me... Uh, making money, making income for myself, uh, but I'm able to deduct it from tax. But when I was an employee, I wouldn't have been able to do those things, okay? If, you know, you're working as a 
contractor, okay, so you're providing a service to a company, and that could be as a contractor, or it could be just more generally providing a product or talks or whatever it is, okay. Think about it from the company's perspective. That's so much easier for them, okay. Compare that to hiring an employee. If they hired an employee, they'd have to provide that person with a pension, insurance, there'd be a whole load of work around setting up payroll, training, uh, giving them certain protected rights, notice period, maternity, all of these things. Now, all of those things are great and they're really, uh, they can be really useful as an employee, right? And you may value those things. But just from an objective point of view, not needing to do that for employer means it's so much easier. They can be more flexible. It's easier, simpler, right? They can bring you on when they need you and that's it. And as a result, companies are much more willing to pay you a lot more money to provide services in that way. So generally speaking, if you provide uh, a service to a company that's not at through being an employee, you're much more likely to make a lot more money that way. Okay, so not only are you reducing your taxes by, um, by structuring your situation in a way where you're able to pay less tax, but you're actually able to earn more money that way as well. Okay, guys, so real big benefits there. The next one is property, okay? So I own a lot of property, I invest in a lot of properties, big area for me, uh, but why do I do it? Well, I love property, I'm very passionate about it, um, and I think, I think you should only really work in areas you're passionate about because it's much more enjoyable, you're more likely to be better at it, but there are also some really great benefits from a tax perspective. So firstly, is that uh, when I buy a property, I, I can buy it in my own name or I can buy it in a company. Okay, now if I buy it in a company, then there's certain tax implications of, of owning that property that you don't, uh, don't have to deal with if it's your company. And these were quite recent. Okay, and made investing in property a lot worse. But by going through a company, you're able to avoid it. The first one is mortgage interest rate. This is the main one. So at the moment, if you have a property in your own name and you rent it out, the mortgage payments that you pay on that property, okay, firstly, okay, if you are a higher rate taxpayer, say 40%, you will only be able to deduct the tax on the interest payment as if you were a basic rate taxpayer, 20%. So effectively, if you're a higher rate taxpayer, 40%, effectively only half of the mortgage payment can be deducted against your rental income to work out your taxable profit. So by doing what effectively that means is that you can be in a situation where you could actually be in a um, paying money in tax even if you're not positive cash flow wise from a rental perspective. Well, another way to look at it is you're being penalized effectively by getting debt out against that property. Now, it can be a bit complicated to work through it and I don't wanna really get into the detail in this one, I've got other videos on it, but suffice to say, that the full mortgage interest you cannot deduct against your rental income if you're a higher taxpayer. Now, the second key thing 
is that even if you are doing this, right, so you're basically a taxpayer, you can fully deduct your interest payments, the mortgage payment reduces your basic rate tax threshold. So if your mortgage for the year, say, is £5,000, you'll go from having a basic rate tax threshold of 50000 to £45,000, okay? So again, so for me, this is really important because I'm able to take £50,000 each year into my personal name and pay a fairly low tax on that. But for every, say, £5,000 in mortgage interest that I am having to pay on per personal properties, I have to reduce that 50000 by 5000 to 45000 So it's reducing how much money I can take into my own name um, in a low-tax way. Okay, So this is big, and this is why most people in the property game who are serious investors buy properties in companies. Okay, guys? So if you're thinking about buying properties, or you do already, um, really, really look into this area. It's a big, big issue. And buying properties in your in a company helps to avoid it. Now, I have some properties in my own name, and that's because by doing it, the mortgage interest payments are much lower. So, for example, at the moment, I'm getting kind of 1.5% um, as an interest payment on properties in my own name, and I'm paying 3 3.5% through a company. So, almost more than double by having that set up through a company, okay guys? So, you know, there's pros and cons to it, and it's about getting that balance, okay? Now, the last thing around property that I wanna kind of talk about is when you buy property, okay, and uh, you invest in them, you're making rental income, and then you have various expenses, but net, you'll have property, kind of, you'll have net cash flow, you'll have kind of a profit from that property. And that's great, that's kind of income for me that I can take and, and kind of grow my wealth. But over time, that property should go up in value, and generally speaking, it does. Now, if I sold that property, I would be able to make money from it, right? Because the value's gone up, okay? And so therefore, once I've sold it, I'll have more money than what I did when I bought it, okay? But the problem with doing that is I'll pay capital gains tax, which can be very high and can be a lot of money when you're talking about many, many thousand pounds that properties are worth. So a really great way to reduce the amount of tax you pay but still be able to get value from the increase in those properties is by remortgaging. Okay, so if one of my properties goes up in value, okay, and say in a couple of years I go to remortgage that property, by doing that, I'm able to take money back from that property because effectively I'm increasing the amount of debt that I have against that property. Let's say I get £10,000 back from, from the mortgage lender as a result of doing that. That £10,000 is tax-free because what I'm doing is because I'm increasing the debt on a higher-valued item, that property, okay, to take that money, I've not actually sold the property, and you don't pay tax on debt. So it might feel uncomfortable to do something like that, but in practice, what you're effectively doing is taking money out from the increase in value of that property and paying no tax on it. Now, this is a huge benefit, and it's something that I do and many other people do, and worth thinking about if 
you are in the area of property you're thinking about doing it. Okay, next area is savings, okay. Now, because I have savings in my own name, right, I'm able to draw those savings when I spend money. So every month, I have, you know, I have a spending plan, how much money that I like to spend each month. Now, the money that I spend each month, I draw from savings. Now, the benefit of being able to do that is that because I'm drawing it from those savings, right, I'm not having to get a situation where I'm having to rely on income come in as and when I need to spend the money. So it allows me control. And one of the best ways to be able to reduce your tax is by having freedom to do things when you want to do it. Okay, so because I spend money for my savings, in my companies where I make money, I can choose when and how I take money from those companies into my own name because I don't need it. I don't need it to spend that money. Okay, now guys, you might be thinking, well, easy for you to say, James, I don't have huge amounts of savings. You know, um, I need that money coming each month. I get it. Okay, I get a lot of people in that situation. But what I want to encourage you to think about is is how you can start to move to a situation where you can create that space, where you can create those savings so that you have more control and freedom about how you structure your situation, okay? And that is one of the really great ways why savings are so powerful. Okay, next thing is ISAs. So an ISA is effectively an amount of money that the UK allows you to invest or keep tax-free, okay? It's like a bucket. So any money you put in this bucket, you don't pay any tax on. Now the way it works is that you have a limit on how much money you can put in the bucket each year, 20,000 pounds. So every year you put 20,000 pounds in, okay? Don't have to, but maximum 20,000 in. You can take as much money out as you want, but when you take it out, you can't put it back in. So I always, look to make the most of that ISA each year because any money I have in that ISA allows me to invest that money tax-free. Okay, so think about it. Let's say I have money invested in the stock market, right? And I have it in my personal name. Let's say I have £10,000 in the stock market and over the last year I've made 10% in returns, okay? So it's gone from £10,000 to £11,000. Now let's just assume that I've got to pay tax on that. Let's say I bought it at 10,000, sold it at 11,000. I've made 10%, I've made 1,000 pounds. Now if I'm a high rate taxpayer at 40%, I'm paying, I think, I don't wanna quote tax thresholds now because I don't need to know because of my situation. But I'm pretty sure with capital gains it's lower, it's like 28%. But either way, you're gonna have to pay a lot of money on that tap, on that on that thousand pounds that you've made, okay? But by putting in a nicer means that you don't pay any tax on it, okay? Because it is protected, it's protected from tax, okay? So wherever your situation is, if you're investing in property and so on, you always want to be making sure you're making the most of that ISA uh, each year. Okay? Now lastly I'll talk about is pension. All right. So again, this is an area that I take advantage of because any money that I put into a pension is tax-free. But technically, actually, it's deferred tax. And I'll come on to that in a second. So if I make money, okay, 
and I take that money and I put it into a pension scheme, it means that I pay no tax. It kind of it kind of goes into the pension scheme before any tax is paid, right? So the great thing about that is that say like I earn sixty thousand, but I take ten thousand and I put it into a pension scheme, it means that I'm only paying that basic rate tax. A twenty percent rather than forty percent, right? Again, if I take money that I've earned in a company and I take that money and put it into my pension scheme rather than into my own name, I pay no tax on it. Now, a big thing to bear in mind with pensions, why I'm not a big fan of them, okay? A lot of people are, but I'm not. And that is because it's deferred tax. So that money that goes into the pension, in time, I'm going to have to take that money out of the pension to be able to spend it. Otherwise, what's the point of having the pension, right? At that point, I take the money out of the pension, it becomes taxable, okay? And I don't think a lot of people realise this. Now, yes, there's benefits to it. Two main benefits to it are, one, when you take the money out of the pension scheme at the beginning, when you become when you retire, I believe you can take up to 25% tax-free, okay? So say you have £100,000 in there, 25000 tax-free. So yes, that's a huge benefit. But that other 75%, you pay tax on. Now, the second benefit is that for many people, the money that they earn when they're a pensioner, when they retire, they're earning less. So they're more likely to be a lower taxpayer and therefore pay less tax on that income at that point rather than their income now. Okay? But not necessarily. Okay? If you think about it in time, for many people, their situation improves, okay? They build more wealth, more income, they become more successful, and therefore often are in situations where they have to pay more tax. Now, personally for me, I will work through to a very old age. I love it. I love, I love mixing work and pleasure and creating things and building things and making money, okay? So I'm not going to get to 70 and then just suddenly retire and, and make no money and um, and reduce my income and be able to benefit from that. I'll actually probably be in a situation where I'll pay more tax. And so that is not actually a benefit for me, okay? Now, again, so it depends on your situation whether that's something that uh, would be different for you, but bear that in mind. But it is something I do still use because I know I'll get 25% of that money tax-free when I take it out. In time, that will be another source of income that I can take. In Historically, when I did work for a company, I had a matching scheme, an employer matching scheme. So for every, say, £1,000 I put into the pension, another £1,000 would go in from my employer. So that is a huge benefit. That's like doubling my money, okay? Now, I'm not in that situation anymore, so I don't put further money into my pension. Um, when I was in that situation, I did do it. And I think for a lot of people who are in that situation, I would highly recommend it because it's a huge multiplier of your wealth. But again, the last thing I'll say on pensions is that it's hugely restrictive in terms of when you can take that money out. Now, for a good reason, the government do not want you to take money out of that pension when you're young because they are worried you're going to spend it too early and then not have money when you are retired. And that's bad for the government because they will have to pick up the pieces and support you and look after you until you die. Okay, so I get why they're doing it, but the trouble is, I'm a big proponent of 
early retirement, early financial freedom, okay? So I don't want to wait until I'm 55 to be able to access that money and, and to be free financially, okay? So money I put into a Benjamin scheme, I can't touch. I can't touch it until I'm 55, okay? So yes, that is useful, but it actually is uh, less free. It's actually more restrictive for me and actually uh, goes against what I'm looking for, which is financial freedom. Okay, guys, so I hope that helps. In summary, key things are one, controlling how I receive my money and when so that I keep under the basic rate tax threshold, earning my money through a company that allows me to choose when I receive income, allows me to incur expenses against that income that are tax deductible. It allows me to earn more money because it is better for the companies that wanting the services I provide through my company. Um, property I earn through a company because that allows me to benefit from not being subject to certain tax restrictions. Um, and it allows me to take money out of those properties tax-free by remortgaging properties. And then lastly, having savings, so controlling when I can access my money. ISAs, so that money invested is tax-free and then finally pensions and I've gone on a lot on that so I won't summarize it again guys I hope you found this video useful if you did please do let me know your thoughts um, any questions that you have on this material I'm more than happy to answer it guys if there's specific content that you want in future weeks let me know if you want to see my videos released each week hit the subscribe button to find out when those come out that's all from me. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.